Hello, everyone. Today Hi. is a new day, and therefore, it's a new podcast. <laughs> Not, but it's the same podcast. Welcome to the Skeleton Crew Podcast. I'm your host, Almighty Strauss, or Des Strauss. I'm here, of course, with Uncle Death, a.k.a. Sardo. Howdy. A.k.a. my Skele brother. Hell yeah. From, I would say another mother, but that's kind of obvious. We Hell would, yeah, We would have... <laughs> I would have stated if we were actually related at the top because that would be interesting. Yes, it would. Like, I mean, what would be the odds? Well, like, if we were brothers' brothers, then that would be interesting for a podcast. Like, ah, yes, we're, we're, we're two siblings or two cousins. But no, we're no, just we're, friends. We're just two skeletons. We're just normal skeletons. Just innocent skeletons well sometimes <laughs> i'm not saying we've so, done anything interesting i'm just saying you know so yes so before we so, get started with today we're going to be talking about some memories of the arcades and a movie that we both absolutely love and also have opinions on uh we have an update uh the hentai bike has gotten worse Sorry yeah, so um, in in IRL news, um, the hentai bike made another reappearance in my life this week. Um, Strauss, I sent you some pictures of yes. it. And uh, um, before so, we say more about it, we should talk about what the hentai bike is real quick. It is a bike. Sardo walks to work in meat space and passes by a bike on the way to work covered in just stickers of anime girls in lewd positions just very it's it's very scantily clad and i mean okay this is like a it's i'm i'm not a very good judge of these things like it is an okay quality motorcycle it is a a regular motorcycle i in first episode i mistakenly called it a moped because i don't know it's it just gives that energy but it it is just a motorcycle yeah it it is a motorcycle yes i the point is, um, somebody, and these are not like professionally, like, you know, stickers designed to put on your vehicle. These are just like stickers you'd get out of like a gumball machine, but just this, every square inch of this bike is plastered in stickers of mostly naked anime women. Uh, uh, very scantily and clad at the very least. It, it's, it's, and, and this this is some this is somebody's work vehicle this is somebody's like personal transportation device that they let their coworkers see it, it, it the pictures are in pub in a public space i can tell that by looking at them but there has been an update last time it was the sides uh apparently either the caboose was missed or these are new we don't know we got a back view we finally got a back view and, and uh, um, i'm just now looking at it much closer i'm struggling to decide if this is a fit or not because the person because these aren't haphazardly placed these are booty pics stickers yeah on the back side it's very butt centric yeah this is a very butt centric part which i appreciate as a butt person yes but on the other hand i'm pretty sure i see some hole here and uh oh my (laughs) I um I showed this to somebody else to another friend and they were identifying some of the um some of the girls on, on this particular section of the bike. 
Um, I know. Uh, I know Hu Tao from Genshin Impact was on there. Oh apparently. yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think I think I recognize it because of how generic. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I just made enemies with the Genshin Impact fan base. <laughs> Strauss has declared war on the Genshin Impact community. <laughs> I'm okay with doing it, that. What are they gonna do? Brigade, brigade this podcast would be the most amount of views we've gotten yet. <laughs> But it's so, yeah, I don't know if it was just I don't know if this is like a new thing that this person has been like adding or I just didn't get a close. I mean, I don't I don't make a habit of like staring at this bike for long periods of time. I You shouldn't. Also, there is some naked titty on the back here. I'm just noticing it now. <laughs> that pink haired one near near the on the uh, upper left. I should mention, the reason why I don't post this with the thing is that I'm not comfortable putting someone else's property on the internet. Neither am I. This is why I've, I've only shared this in in private private DMs, in private discussion with people who I don't think will ever probably meet this person. It, it, I want to make it money clear. It's not because we think this we're like trying to be protective. It's just that that's rude. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm not about to out somebody's personal business. Even if theirs is as personally out, it's just it's weird. Yeah. But it it's it is a real thing and it exists and I've shared um, it with one person but only privately because I knew they also wouldn't have shown it for obvious reasons. So and and, and Strauss, I just I wanna check in with you to see because you know, I I, I want to get your judgment on this. Am I overreacting? I don't know, because I'm trying to decide whether or not the hentai bike is a bit or not. Because that, that's the dividing line. And that's that's the thing. Like, I genuinely don't think this is a bit. Because, like, okay, I know a couple of people who have, like, an ironic anime, anime girl sticker on their, on their yeah, vehicle. No, like, I'm pretty sure this has jumped from being a bit. There's really two ways this goes out. This is a bit that has gone way too far. Like, just too far. Or, it's got, or this is just legit. And I'm leaning towards legit. Was, I don't think this was ever ironic. No, I don't I mean, think so. I mean, if... It's just... I, so... Damn. I think once, once the asses happened, it... It, it lost all, all you know, suspension of disbelief, whatever you call it. No, it was plausible deniability. If it, no, see the thing is, the only thing that makes me think it might be a bit still, is that all of the butt parts are like at the butt, <laughs> like that. That's dedication to at least like some amount of awareness. But, like, <laughs> but, but the but, it's just like, it's also like, there's so many to the point where, like, this can't be a bit anymore. Like, if it ever was a bit, it's too late now. Yeah, so, um, whoever this person is, I'm very afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's the update on the hentai bike. Um, further lore unlocked. Yep. Mm -hmm. and it's just 
We'll see if it gets any worse. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's not going to get better, I don't think. It, no. At this rate, it can only go downhill from here. Oh, Lord, this so, thing scares me. <laughs> it's very, it's very scary. It's very scary. But today, so, um, this is not our main topic. It's just, this wasn't planned. It's just, it's what happens when things happen. But today, uh, Sardo and I are going to talk first, first about arcade memories, which uh, this episode is... Thank you to my friend Sonia, who brought up some memories of various places I played arcade games throughout my youth. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, uh, she has a podcast in the works, from what I've been told, so hopefully that's out Ooh, soon. Ooh, so, very nice. So we can cross-promote and then have I a would like uh, that. fighting game tournament between the two of us, and <laughs> one of us will win, everyone else dies. <laughs> I can't wait to be the lowest-tier character. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> But uh, I guess it's, we're doing this because you and I are both in our early 30s. Yes. Which means we are old enough to still have re memories of the arcade and outside of, like, the three places where arcades still exist. I remember the arcade. I remember the old days when the arcades were new. <laughs> but not Arcade Fire. No, no. Very different thing. Yeah. But what sparked this was she asked me about a, a different fighting game, and I mistook it for... Uh, I mistook the game Bloody Roar for the game Primal Rage. Oh, yeah! Hello, everyone. I'm here to explain what Primal Rage is now. <laughs> if this part makes no sense, there was an edit here. Because something <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> so, Primal Rage... Is a, is a fighting game where you play as giant prehistoric monsters who are worshipped yes. by the lowly mortals and they're made out of clay. I remember I remember Primal Rage. Uh, okay, I, I know the difference between these two. I, I, I played that game. Yeah, No, I did. I remember I only played it at like a, I think it was a hockey rink. I think it was mm -hmm. a hockey rink. It was like somebody's birthday in elementary slash middle school. I went to a K through 8, so it's just kind of the school I went to before high school. I don't know about everyone else, but that's what I did. I have several arcades. Do you have any fun arcade memories, Sardo? I do. Um, as a matter of fact, not to flex, but I did have my 10th birthday party at the one arcade we had in town. Need um, it, it was in a mall and it, it fucking rocked. It was so good. <laughs> I like that. I, on the other hand, being from a major city, had several arcades. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Not to flex on Sardo after, like, I'm flexing. No. But, flex away, my man. Well, no, what's interesting is San Francisco had two arcades back in the day that I mm -hmm. relatively frequent. The first one was the, the normal arcade, like the one that was an arcade arcade. Right. This was the one on Pier 39. Which had all the games. I've been there. I've been back there recently, and it's really sad now. Oh. It's it's like it used to be like a large section of like the far end of the pier. Now it's just like a small thing with like ten games tops, 
most That's of them depressing. most of them ticket grabbers you hate to see it you hate to see it there used to be so many games and now there's just barely any like the only game that wasn't designed to like give you tickets that they had outside of like the ski ball machine which always gave you tickets but ski ball was fun oh yeah was the uh oh man it was uh was it like the halo arcade game Mm-hmm. And that was like about it, and it's just—it's it, really sad. It's really sad. The other one is... was uh, though much more interesting is uh, and still around. Last I checked, um, oh, I, for- I always forget the name of it because it's French, but it's basically the Penny Arcade Museum. Oh. So it has a lot of like really old arcade games. That sounds interesting. And by that, I mean, like, stuff that's still made out of metal. <laughs> like, there's no plastic guns here. That kind of fucks. It, it is. It's 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 pretty awesome. It's, uh, what is it called? Hold on, I need to look this up, because if I don't, I'm gonna, it's going to bug me. It would be helpful if I actually type in into the search bar. <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, it, it it had some modern games. Or like, oh yeah, the Musée Mécanique. Ooh, very fancy. It's still open last I checked. They moved because it actually used to be really close to where I lived. Mm-hmm. But it moved down to Fisherman's Wharf because it got too big. Ah. And uh, I will send you a picture of what it looks like on the inside. Or some of the stuff in it. Because they have, like, a whole bunch of, like, old school, like, penny arcade stuff. Let me see if I can find a... I'm trying to find, like, a really good picture to send Sardo here. I spent a lot of time in my youth there because it was, like, a lot of... Like, it was just a whole bunch of stuff. Because not all of it's, like, arcade games. Some of it was. Like, you know, oh, they have a time. This recent picture has Time Crisis 2, which is great. So, you know, you have stuff like The Laughing Woman. This is probably the best picture. So, here's a picture for Sardo here. Bam. There we go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, it, it holds a lot of, like, fun memories of going there as a, as a small kid. So it's it's sort of like an interactive museum almost the way it looks. Yeah. Well, this article here says it's a uh, well the big key to it is admission is free. Mhm. And I mean mind you that's because everything costs to use. Oh yeah. But it's you know it's 300 antique arcade games and coin operated machinery. There's a that lot of stuff. Cool there's pinball, there's like the old, like, sort of, like, oh, entertainment things. You're in San Francisco. Oh, the Museum Mechanique is definitely one to go to. I have to take I Z. I might have to stop I have to by. take Z there because I, we haven't been there yet. Ah. We should all go together. It's probably never going to happen. I agree. But we should. It'd be nice. It'd be cool. But the other, yeah, the other is... major arcade... Oh, finish your thought first, though. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was done. Yeah. But uh, the other major arcade that I spent a long time with is because my family would spend a lot of time in Santa Cruz because San Francisco and Santa Cruz are only about, like, 90 minutes from each other in terms of, like, actual distance. 
So I got a, I have a lot of memories of the various uh, ad, advertisements, <laughs> as they would say, for the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in the warm California song, Boardwalk. That's how they end. They, they still end like that boardwalk. last I checked. <laughs> so I, I, I spent a lot of time there. They have a major, uh, they're one of the last few large arcades left that I can think of. So, which still exists. So, you know, they have like the old school shooting gallery, a bunch of old arcade games, new arcade games. Growing up, um, I used to have one of the high scores for like Time Crisis. Was it two or three? I think it's two. Nice. Uh, that Time Crisis machine is no longer there, replaced by Time Crisis 4. <laughs> Whoops, we've moved forward. <laughs> but I checked... Uh, but yeah, no, it's a fun arcade. If you're ever mysteriously in near the San Francisco Santa Cruz area, you go there. I mean, fun. hey, you know, I I've been thinking of planning just a vacation for myself one of these days. Maybe I'll go there. Totally worth it in the summertime. Yeah, or still won't so, be that okay. one. <laughs> Question though, um, yeah. out of all these, what was your favorite arcade as a kid well i think like in terms of which one was the one i spent the most time with and was had the most stuff to do was definitely the santa cruz mm -hmm. arcade and it also there was this side arcade on the boardwalk proper and this is where i played a lot of like the games that have stuck with me for very long times like this is where i would like my first guilty gear experience was in that side arcade Oh, wow. It was like they had a double X machine, and I don't know why. And I played it, and I'm like, this is neat and cool. And I played it. I played as Faust, the Bagman. Good so. choice. Best choice. Well, no. The best choice. There, are all, no, there is no bad choices in Guilty Gear. But but it's it's he's the best choice. He is the best choice. I love Faust. Everyone loves Faust. He's just a normal doctor. He's just an innocent doctor. Well, maybe. <laughs> the final... Uh, I know character backstories. This is also where I would play my first Samurai Showdown, was at, at, at these two arcades. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, like, a lot of very, like, mid-2000... Like, it was a great arcade to go to because it, it had a lot of machines, a little bit of something for everyone. It's probably my favorite arcade still around that is in this country, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Because, like, a lot of the arcades nowadays are, like, barcades. Yeah. Which are great. Do not get me wrong, and I love them. But it's also, like, regular arcades are a dying thing, and it's sad. We... I miss the whimsy of the arcade. We weep and lament. Weep and lament. Was there any favorite but... games in uh, your local arcade when you still had it no no question soul caliber 2 mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i that that game had such a grip on my brain as as a as a little child um i always played Raphael. people fucking hated me <laughs> <laughs> i bet they did but but it's just like i you know, I, I had the game at home, but there was just something magical about going out into the world and being able to play Soul Calibur against 
people I had I didn't know and I would never meet again. That that's kind of the thing about the arcade that I think the, the youngins who don't really who never really grew up with the arcades as we knew them don't yeah. understand that the beauty oh. of the arcade was that you oh, could but there's online play now it's not the same it's thing. not the same because like online play you go on and meet someone you play games with them and it's cool this is not to say mm-hmm. the online play is bad right it's just that there was just sort of a magic to like going to an arcade or your local pizza place or whatever it was, because one of the other ones for me was like a public pool in Berin County, which mm-hmm. beach it's at, that had like a like a snack vendor section that had an arcade in it. Right. And they just had a bunch of different arcade games all the time. They used to have arcade machines everywhere. Exactly. Like, the, it's sort of like you used to go all over the place and you could just find like an arcade cabinet. And play someone like in Mortal Kombat, or if this was Mexico, yeah. King of Fighters, because that was the cheap one, or more accurately, the easiest one to bootleg. And that's why everyone in Mexico plays King of Fighters. <laughs> that's true. I just by thought the way. it was because it was a good game. <laughs> I mean, it's also because it's good, but that's the main the main reason because it's the cheap one. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, the the Neo Geo was a system that had cartridges, so it was a lot cheaper to have. Yeah. And it's it's actually funny that you mentioned uh, Bloody Roar, yeah. because that was the other fighting game I was very, very into when when we still had um, an arcade where I live. Mm-hmm. And I just... Go on. It's like, that game is so responsible for the generation in my age group of fucking furry bastards, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. My, myself among them. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's just what made arcade special was that you would go into the arcade and sometimes there was a new machine, but not always. Right. Or it or it was a place where they always changed machines. So you had no idea what you were going to get. This isn't like nowadays where it's like you have to just buy the game and you're good. Like if I want to play like Samurai Showdown now, I just boot it up right now. Literally, I can boot it up right now. It's on my computer, too. But that arcade was... cabinets, yeah, yeah. It's just they're fleeting and ephemeral. Yeah, and they're neat, and they, they clicky clack. Like one of the other ones, like in high school for me, our arcade was like, it, of course, like most arcades, attached to a mini golf place <laughs> called Boomers down in uh, Ontario, California. That's SoCal for those who have no idea where that is. Don't worry, you, you don't need to know. It's not important, but it, they had a bunch of fun stuff too. And I remember it's like, oh, sick. They have this and different arcades would always have different things. That was the fun part when you would go to different arcades. Right. And it's just the downside to the fall of arcades is that you don't have that moment where you could go in, see what games they have and be like, I challenge anyone to a game of street fighter prepare to lose or i'm about to get my ass kicked i i just there there's nothing quite like being a being a little 12 year old nerd with a bad haircut and like your your jc penny t-shirt and you know playing a game of soul caliber against some like 30 year old dude 
and actually kicking his ass because you got extremely lucky or he felt bad for you. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't speak to that. I only mostly played Soul Calibur 2 on a GameCube. Mm, Good choice. But I never owned it. I rented it. Another thing we'll probably one day talk about, renting things. Rentals. Oh, rentals. Ugh. But yeah, that, that's, what I, it, that's, what, that's what it was like. And I think the, the other thing, that um, the other reason that arcades are still so like, I don't know, they have such a special place in my heart, other than that they're great, is that I would, like, whenever dad and, dad and I were at the mall with mom, and she was like, you know, you know, doing her thing. Like we would, we would go to the arcade and I would hang out there with my dad. And like, that was always such a neat thing because he is also a tremendous nerd. <laughs> and nice. I remember, um, there was like some Batman driving game they had there. I don't remember what it was called, but it was a Batman driving game. Oh yeah. No, and I, that I was know like, what you're talking about. That was my dad's thing. <laughs> no, uh, for me, because usually I went to Santa Cruz with my mom. Mm-hmm. So we would end up like it also had a laser tag place. I don't know. I'm pretty sure laser tag in the Santa Cruz arcade is still there. So I've done that a few times. But what was more fun about it was that I, my mom now owns a house down in Santa Cruz where they spend like half the time now. And like I went mini golfing with her recently, and then we did some arcade games at the end of it. Uh, I for those wondering, I lost by two strokes. <laughs> I I I fully admit it's because I had a really bad start. Fair I, enough, you know. I I did better on the back half than I did on the front nine, which admittedly Nobody is better. It, well, it's better than wh- how I did in when I was in Wisconsin and doing mini golf with for my older sister's thirtieth birthday. And did so much worse. <laughs> like there came a point where I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not winning. <laughs> just, just get, just have fun with it." <laughs> Is this the one thing I could be better at you than Strauss? Maybe could I kick your ass at mini golf? Potentially, I was the my problem. Well, no, okay, it depends on what the stakes are at the mini golf because the other time I recently went mini golfing was in Texas for my mom's sightieth birthday. Mm-hmm. This should probably tell you how often I go mini golfing. <laughs> but uh, I did the best, but we were all kind of drunk. So I don't know if the slight amount of alcohol made me better or worse. At, it made me better at mini golf or made everyone worse at mini golf. <laughs> that is a good question. You know, we'll never truly know. I mean, I don't think I'm bad at mini golf. It's just that I don't mini golf that often. I don't either. <laughs> So, you know what, if we're we're ever in the same spot, we're going to have to, like, film ourselves mini-golfing to see who wins. (laughs) Now now we we have to decide. Yeah, now it's important for the culture. There are stakes attached to this. Many stakes. Lots of stakes. Real stakes. Potentially, actually, steak. Ribeye steaks? Those are the best. I prefer flat iron, but yeah, sure. Iron's good too. All steak is good steak, unless it's poorly cooked steak. In that yeah. case, then we're, then we're disappointed. You've ruined yes. a good piece of meat right there. It's a damn shame. So the other bit of nostalgia, I guess, um, 
is uh, so- something else I think pivotal to our upbringing. Mm-hmm. Kung Pao. Yeah. Kung Pao, for those who don't know, is a movie by the man known as Steve Oderkirk, who took a classic sort of 60s, 70s era, like low-end kung fu movie and decided, what if we just went silly with it? And I believe the full title is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. It is. It is Kung Pao and Pao spelled like in a comic book. Wham! Yeah. It's one of those, it came out in uh, 2002, Mm -hmm. and it's one of those movies that are just, it's not, I can't say it's good necessarily. It's... It's a movie. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, like, watching it, this is like an adult with a fully formed, like, temporal lobe and everything, and it's like, you know, this movie, kind of dumb, really insensitive, but... it, it It's a movie that the best way I describe it to people is that half of the jokes in it are brilliant and very silly. Like, it has problems. Of course. But most of it is mostly making fun of, like, bad dubs from the 70s. Which, as someone who was raised on Jackie Chan movies, I understand. And I think the other bit of it, it's it's that, it's that, that brand of, like... This was before, I think, the real, um, lol random humor really came into its own. And this was such a good early example of that, and it's... It's executed really quite well in places. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the best way to describe it is that, like, the various... The, the best way to, if you ever watch Kung Pao, is that it doesn't feel like a comedy released from 2002. Like, it, it's not really similar to anything else. It was its own thing. But with that in mind, the the jokes that don't hit well in the movie are usually the ones with, like, the CGI cow. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Steve Oderkirk was very into CGI as an art form, which is why he's also right. more, probably more famous for Jimmy Neutron, boy genius. <laughs> He he was the same man who did that. Yes, he was that creator. Um, also, uh, made the uh, the the thumb, the thumb movies, the thumb things. Not not the thumb thumbs from Spy Kids. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, that's that's but, a uh, thing. He made a lot of weird stuff, mo- mostly silly, stupid things that were dumb and silly. And it makes sense when you look at his uh filmography and it's like writer back to at the barnyard wait he did cowboys and aliens i saw that in theaters that is the worst thing he's done <laughs> oh yeah that movie's yeah. not good but yeah he did something i like, did not he did bruce almighty uh all the thumb movies obviously shockingly prolific yeah but also like not shockingly yeah He's just been around for a long time. He hasn't done anything, I think, relatively recently. Right. Yeah, it's like, 
And that's just because, like, you know, he's he's done his things. He doesn't have to do much more with his life. Yeah. But, but... what makes Kung Pao sort of maybe his best work is that it's all just like some of those jokes to still hit. Like to to this day, I, I still like I, I have a couple of friends who I know I can I can reliably throw at it. That's a lot of nuts. Or, and and it will yeah, or this is Wimplo. We trade him wrong as a joke. Or tiger, 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 birdie. <laughs> like the whole thing, it, it's because it helps because it's like clearly not the best kung fu movie you were ever gonna watch on. Yeah. Like he, it's it's a little mid. <laughs> it, it, they found a very like by the numbers guy joins school, town gets taken over by bad guy. He fights bad guy who has weird kung fu powers. There is also a girl, and she's in love with him. <laughs> and she's she's got a bad haircut, kind of a bad haircut. <laughs> It is. It, it's, it's not, it's not a very good haircut. Like the pigtails part are fine, but it's these. It's these weird curls in it. Like the whole movie is a. It the, to get it to the point. The movie is an overdub, and slash CG replacement of and actually very good for the time period. But now that I think about it, yeah, it didn't look bad. Yeah, it wasn't very well reviewed at the time, but it, it's definitely one of those movies that like just came out way too soon if it came out in 2012 it would have done way better i would dare to say it's a, it's a little bit neo-dadaist <laughs> a little it, it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of like sometimes stop like one of the jokes is that master pain beats you up to sir mix a lot's nope. baby got back stross his name is betty it's master <laughs> betty <laughs> Now your outfit is red. Oh my god. <laughs> like, the whole movie is absolutely nuts. Like, it, it's kind of hard to believe it exists. It, it's one of those movies I like. I I feel like it is definitely a you-had-to-be-there kind of thing. And, and I hate to say that, but I, I think definitely, like, if you were in middle school, high school, when that movie came out... And you watched it. If you, you, you understand. <laughs> you had to have watched it from the year, like, 2002 to, like, the year 2010. Like, it, that that was, like, the eight-year window that movie has infected your brain permanently. Like, once it hit the year 2010, that was it. <laughs> and then you show it to somebody, and they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It, it, it's definitely a movie that, like, I would say even nowadays, most people would find it pretty funny. It's just, there are points in that movie where the chokes do not land. It, and it, I would have to agree, it's it's definitely, like, the CGI-heavy stuff yeah. that, um... Mm -hmm. It's like, uh-huh, okay. Or, or the stuff that's, like, direct parody of things. Yeah. Like, well, except the Mufasa bit, because, like, we've, everyone's seen The Lion King. We all get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's James Earl Jones. He says this is CNN. Yeah, that joke makes sense because it's James Earl Jones. <laughs> but it's it's far from the funniest thing. 
Yeah, it's a, the best jokes in that movie are usually the parts that are directly riffing on what is clearly like not the world's best kung fu movie. Not a bad one by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just clearly a very by the numbers kung fu movie made in like the 1970s. Nothing <laughs> nothing like wow, this is high art. Yeah, it's 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 pretty standard issue. Yeah. Like, I, I'm looking at the original, which was known as the uh, Savage Killers in English, uh, directed by uh, Jimmy Wong Yu. And starring Jimmy Wong Yu. Which was pretty normal for a lot of Hong, Hong Kong era action flicks. Yeah. And uh, it's trivia page on IMDb. Let's see how long it goes. Uh, yeah, it's one item. And it's about Kung Pao under the fist. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> but yeah, if you ever want to watch like a very odd movie from like the 1970 that from the early 2000s, that's not bad per se just really weird it it helps to shut your brain off and it's like also yes this is like this is it's it's a white guy riffing riffing on you know uh on a martial arts movie and it's like yeah some of the stuff it's like in in our current year it's like yeah okay not fantastic but there, there is a real degree of silliness there I think, that I think I is, think what um... keeps it from going into offensive territory mm -hmm. is that you can tell that it's just kind of too goofy. Yeah. It's too silly to be to get mad at it. It's like, am I going to really get mad at a movie where a guy uses gophers as nunchucks? <laughs> Okay, so I, I have to ask the the most important question is um what's what's your favorite bit from that? Oh, that's tough because there's so many. Like, what is your go to? I I think it, it outside of the Wimplo, we trained him we trained him as a joke bit, followed by the phrase "My nipples look like milk duds." Um, it has to be the bit with the tiny net. <laughs> Like, a, a bit straight out of Monty Python. It's so good. Where he just so gets good. hit with, a, like, oh no, a tiny net. How do I deal with this? One weakness. My one weakness. Wait, if I reverse the footage and I can get out. <laughs> like, a lot of it of the movie is just goofiness like that. I don't know why, but mm. I, I found everything around Master Betty to, like, everything he did, everything he said. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Like, the, the the bit where he beats up the guy to big butts still has a hold on my brain. <laughs> a, a, a personal one for me is the part where it's Master Tong goes in on him, and it's the footage stops, and he's like, see, what I should have done here... <laughs> was hit him with a flying crane kick. But instead, I decided to take it. And it hurts real bad. 
Master Tong also like underrated. <laughs> underrated mentor characters. <laughs> Master Tong, third on the list. Very, very good. Um, the 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 shopkeeper guy. Um, like I said, that's a lot of nuts. Yeah. Perennial classic. <laughs> we shouldn't be noting it because we're not doing it. Is that they yell this out? He it's like every, it's he's yelling and even when he's like talking on the phone because he's actually secretly an informant to Master Betty, he's like he he was just here. He bought a lot of nuts. And and, and the actor is like clearly not yelling. Yeah, it, it, it's it's also making fun of like poor live action dubbings from like the seventies, which is a big part of like if you've watched a lot of like old godzilla movies or old kung fu movies where they were clearly dubbed over in english then you're like okay this is hilarious because you you get the joke like dunking on bad av work will never not be good like there's one constant joke in the movie where it's just a dog barks <laughs> but it takes forever for the bark to come out <laughs> It was like, the dog would go, would do the motion of barking, then it'd be like, one, two, three, bark! It's, it's really, like, it's really worth watching if, if, if you can shut off your brain for a little bit. Mm hmm Like, it, it's really, I, it's not high art, it's not incredibly smart or brilliant. It's just really goofy. It's that that's the beauty of it. It's that it's not brilliant. And it, it definitely was not for the year 2002. No. Like I I remember this from like looking back on it. It's like there's certain movies from that time period where you're like, "Oh, this movie's really good, but it was not meant for... It's one of those movies where its sense of humor is way ahead of its time. It was. And that's not, like, an insult to the people of 2002. It's just that it was meant for the internet. <laughs> it, it... <laughs> but it came it out just... in, like, 2002. Don't worry, we found it. <laughs> it found its audience. So Yeah, yeah. I, I... And, you know, nostalgia plays a huge factor in here because I remember the first time watching, watching this with some friends mm -hmm. and just, we were just screaming with laughter <laughs> yep like it, uh just it was it's a great movie to watch with like your friends and just be like my god this movie is ridiculous <laughs> but yeah kung pao enter the fist N nothing nothing like it nothing ever like it again it was it was a shooting star of of a film <laughs> Yeah, because he never did another movie like it either, which is the interesting part. Like, I mean, I guess part of that is because one of the last few jokes of the movie is the uh, classic History of the World Part 2 bit. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, the joke is that there isn't going to be another one. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'm just surprised he never did another movie like that again. I, I, I guess I could understand why. it. Like, you did the one, you don't really need to do it again. You kind of... You, yeah, you proved it could be done. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he left it that. You know, yeah. it's it it holds on its own, and I I think a sequel would have weakened it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, that 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 is Kung Pao under the fist. It's. It also helps if you watched a lot of kung fu movies. Yes. If you're the type of person who watched a lot of kung fu movies like I did as a kid, then it's like a lot better. If you want a more like high end kind of sort of comedy like that, you go for Kung Fu Hustle. Yes. FYI. Kung Fu Hustle Kung Fu Hustle is the thinking man's martial arts comedy. Yeah. If you want a martial arts comedy that's like a bit more serious and a bit more of a martial arts movie and less of a farce you, you watch kung fu hustle which is another by the and way great movie which i know we both definitely saw just excellent excellent movie <laughs> i watched that one time with z and z never seen it i'm like oh you need to watch this and Dream by the retreat and z loved it by the end of the movie because he's not really like a kung fu movie person like i am right and by the end of it z was like this is great and it is great so you all, so okay. everyone who's watching this, if you haven't watched them, won't watch Kung Pao and Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle is the better movie in the sense that it's a better movie. It definitely watch Kung Fu Hustle. I mean, I I think it's just it's it's actually a movie instead of like, you know, silliness. Yeah. <laughs> you watch Kung Pao with your friends. You watch Kung Fu Hustle because you have to actually watch Kung Fu Hustle. Right. Which is not an indictment of Kung Pao. It's just that Kung Pao is should not be taken seriously by anyone. Ever. Because <laughs> it's not nope, meant to be taken it was, seriously. It was not made for that. It was not made for it. It is a goofy, silly thing. And it is portrayed as a goofy, silly thing. Well, let's see. That That's a fun little bit. Watch Kung Fu Pao and Kung Fu Hustle. Those are movies that we both highly recommend in very similar yet different fashions. Agreed. With that said, uh, did you see the state of play yesterday? Sony's I... attempt at the direct? Yes. <laughs> you did. Yes, I did. It was bad. It was, it was not good. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't watch it. And I think the best way I've heard it described was, wow, it wasn't for Capcom. This would have been terrible. Yeah, it was it was grim. Well, no, I because I, I thought about it because it's interesting because like Nintendo Directs are almost always at least by somebody universally applauded. Right. Because somebody's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I wanted that. Because, yeah, you know, I'm not the type of person like sometimes they have directs for things that I don't care about. Like, if they have an Animal Crossing Direct, I'm going to be like, well, it's not for me, but I'm glad the Animal Crossing people are having a good time. They, they cross those animals. Yeah. But it was it's just so funny. It's like, wow, Nintendo Directs are such, like, a science at this point. <laughs> like, the, like they're paced, and they're done in a very specific way. They just see Sony come out, it's like, yeah, you know what's going to get the people hot and really going? Hmm. 30 minutes of Suicide Squad kill the justice league the new live surface game for consoles and i'm like yeah no go back to cammy's butt it's like boo we want to see the girl again you can also have gone back to leon from leon s kennedy from 
Resident Evil 4, that also would have been fine. That would have also been great, yeah. <laughs> but it just... It, it, it wasn't great, Strauss. I, um, I don't know. I, I watched it on my lunch break, and I'm like, yikes. And... <laughs> Oh, I'm so, I feel so sorry you wasted your lunch break. <laughs> eh, it's all right. I was I was, you know, doing other stuff too, so okay, I, I was eating, so. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember because I totally forgot it was happening. And and the reason why I'm bringing it up is because it was so bad. This this state of play would have only come up in one of two scenarios. A, it was really good. B, it was really bad, or C, something actually <laughs> interesting was shown or discussed. And sadly, it was B. <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was the latter, and it was. I just I don't know. Like I, I don't usually get like super excited over like game direct announcements, and like unless they are announcing some like highly specific interest of mine. Right. But I just I felt a little sad. Well, yeah, like to me, like when it comes to the direct, what I like about the direct is usually that they have a tendency to announce more than one thing. So there's usually like maybe something in there that catches my eye. I'm like, oh, that looks fun. I might look into that. And like the Nintendo direct is fun because they have the understanding that, hey, you, you need to you need to put your big thing at the end. And it's something people actually want. Right. You got to build up. Well, okay, so, like, a great example of what we mean by, like, Nintendo directs as a science was, uh, uh, the, like, the last one I can remember was the one where they announced when Tears of the Kingdom is coming out. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it starts off with Fire Emblem Gage, which was divisive at, until it actually came out, and everyone's like, oh, this is actually really fun to play. Never mind. Carry on. But, you know, you opened up with a big thing, then you had a bunch of, like, small stuff in the interim, you know, announced some other mm -hmm. stuff. Like, you know, you had some Pikmin in there. The Pikmin fans were like, oh, fuck yeah, Pikmin. I'm gonna pick some men. Yeah, pick those men. I love Pikmin. I don't play it. I, I'm I not any good at it, but I love it. As I can Pikmin is something, like, I, I'm not, like, I, I don't play, but I enjoy it peripherally. That is fair. Like, I like Pikmin as, like, a concept. I'm not good at it, and I don't play it. Same here. I, I think we are one and the same in that regard. But I'm, I'm glad it exists. And also, like, I'm, I'm going to be real here, and I'm, I'm not saying anything that's, that's terribly bold or, or a hot take, but is anybody ever really excited when anybody announces a live service game? Not really i mean the problem is we're in the age where several live service games turned out to be terrible and no longer exist mm -hmm. and everyone's just like wow you killed your studio all for the purpose of a game that sucked and was Stephanie unfun. sterling keeps telling you fuckers and you don't listen to her what's wrong with you and, well yeah you know like the thing is she brought up a great point long ago when talking about it, which is that the game industry loves chasing trends mm -hmm. and forget that there's already the thing that is there already. It's like when everyone, like, every so often the first one gets supplanted by, like, the bigger one, but that's not that often. And then 20 other studios are like, all right, let's kill this fucking golden goose. <laughs> 
we're gonna go into this gold mine and mine all of it out. Oh wait, there is no gold, and we've all committed to this. One person found an ancient artifact, and it was the only one that was there. And it's just it's it's sad to see. Especially because like single player experiences are doing like especially in like the around the same time they announced it, Elden Ring announced it, it sold twenty million copies. Mm-hmm. Making it from Soft Studio from Soft biggest game ever by a very wide margin. It's like people well, it's, it... There's your proof. You you would think they'd learn, but I, I think that's expecting too much at this yeah. point. You'd think they'd learn that what we really want is tall women who beat us up with swords and hammers. Hell yeah, it is. Or relative, Listen, or much know, smaller doll women with four arms that are blue. Now, see, that is a market I don't think has been capitalized on near enough. It's been capitalized on to a little little degree, but the big lady market is... Yeah, there's so much more there than I think companies are willing to admit. We all secretly I mean, want an eight-foot-tall GF woman with what can best be described as super aids. We want a big, strong lady. With a horrible, possibly living divine disease yeah. to come and stab I, us horribly many, Look many at Millennia. Times. Look at Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah. We, we want... A big fucked up lady. See? See, game designers? I know you can't all do it because then it's an oversaturated market, but that's not... Yeah, you... it, some of you, take notes. The rest of you, do something different so we don't all have the gently, same thing. Gently pepper in the large women. Yeah. Don't don't all do it. Because if you all do it, then you're then we're all doing it. And then, that's, then, then it's a problem. <laughs> And then you've ruined a perfectly good thing. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just, God, the worst thought was told to me about that horrid Suicide Squad game. And I wanted wanted to ask you a question before I I state my my piece, Sardo. Mm -hmm. How big are you into American Cape comics? I mean, I'll be real. The the only reason why I'm I show as much interest in them as I do is because it's it's a common interest for me and my dad and it 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 gives me something to talk about with my dad. That's a- and I totally <laughs> fair. Like I, I'm gonna be the first one to say it. I'm not super interested in capes, especially yeah, American I mean, capes. And that's not because I think they're bad or no, that they're stupid or anything like that. It's just I'm not a huge fan of it. I do like some of it. I'm like when I read comic books, it's mostly like Conan, Conan stuff. I read I read a lot of Conan stuff. We will have to I like, I... talk about Conan Barbarian full. I know we do. That's gonna be oh, we got to talk so. about Conan. But it's like yeah. for me, it's not that I mean dislike superheroes because you know I grew up on a lot of like the DC animated universe, like anyone our age did. Like, I, yeah, I own, like, all four seasons of Batman the Animated Series. It's right there on my shelf. As you should. Which is, because it's great. But the deep horror that I came, that was proposed to me was that this live service game will one day be shut down, which means the thing with Kevin Conroy's last turn as Batman before his untimely death, which would always be untimely, even if he was a thousand years old. Yeah. Is going to be this. 
And it might be destroyed in, like, months. And, like, I, I try not to get too too hopped up about this stuff, but that, that makes me angry. That it, makes me really it angry. It makes you angry and sad. Yeah. It's like, Kevin Conroy is no longer with us. And it's not that this is his last role. That's, that is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's the idea that this thing that has to always be online will one day be taken down and it looks garbage. So that's much sooner rather than later. And we're going to lose a piece of his memory with that. Forever and stuck on a, YouTube. <laughs> and what a fucking tragedy that is. And I mean, okay, something else we could probably talk about in, on maybe a more serious episode is... Mm. is the, the treatment of voice actors, because I oh. think it is. I have opinions. Probably very uh, concurrent in p opinions with yours, but I have opinions. It's like, I, I know, I know I am a skull, but picture me getting a magic marker and drawing very angry eyebrows on myself. Uh, no, it's like, here comes the giant pencil. <laughs> well, because, yeah, I'm mad. It's. I'm tired it's, and angry. It just, it makes me so, so fucking sad and so angry that, you know, I, and I mean, and that's not even getting in like the, the, the shit the game developers have to go through too, because it's like, it's not like the people who develop this stuff, you know, are the ones who, I hate it. I hate it all. I hate capitalism. It, it Capitalism is the death of art. Mm -hmm. Indeed Thank you. It I'm is. sorry. Uh, we'll talk more about that on another episode because that's we're not opening that can of worms that will make this another two hours <laughs> and that's all i have to say on that yeah. anyway back to our usual reoccurring segment uh and watch anything what the hell are you watching sorry <laughs> any um, fun you know i i actually haven't i've been um i've been reading a lot of manga Ooh, um i haven't watched a whole lot lately but i um i have picked up um i picked up blood on the tracks uh chino wadachi um mm -hmm. oh my god a have you read it by any chance Strauss? no I, I, talk about it as i attempt to uh, do updates to our list <laughs> so um blood on the tracks is um it's it's a manga about this uh this boy named seichi he's about middle school age i think and he's he lives with his you know mom and dad fairly normal looking family his mom's just very overprotective mm -hmm. she just really she really cares about him she's very overprotective and um i i warn you i'm going to go into spoilers for the first volume here so um if if you you cover your ears um so say she's um aunt and her family come to visit their family and he's going on a hike with his cousin who's kind of an asshole and his cousin like fakes him out pretends to like push him off a cliff and like you know it's stupid stupid teenage boy shit and his mom sees and so later on his his cousin's like at the, at the edge of like this very tall slope and he's he's dicking around and the mom pushes him off the cliff and um, he gets very severely injured, goes into a coma. And she, she basically does this because he was kind of bullying her son. And the, the, the mom's fucked up. Yeah. The mom's fucked up, basically. Sounds um, like it. It's 
beautiful, beautiful, beautiful manga. Um, let me let me look up the author again real quick because it's it's the guy who also did uh, Flowers of Evil. That makes and, a lot of um, sense. That sounds like something yeah, I would do. Yeah, he um he's he's made some really really fabulous stuff. Uh, Shuzo Oshimi is is go. the uh, the artist and the author, and it's absolutely like stunning, stunningly drawn, and it is so deeply unsettling i it's good it's really good well you got that everyone yeah so if you want a little uh fucked fucked up um psychological drama then uh blood on the tracks good stuff (laughs) and if you want blood on the rails then you need to uh kill a man at a company town that is a weird reference no one's gonna get that one very nice why am I re- I'm referencing San Diego's own the silent comedy, but like a singular song that they did one time. It's like, yeah, that's something everyone's gonna fucking get. <laughs> you know, just just common common issue, you know, things here. Yeah, let's talk about a little a little known Americana act that it has released two albums across like fifteen years. <laughs> So what about you, Strauss? What do you, what the hell have you been watching, dude? <laughs> uh, I haven't been watching anything new as of late. Though I have watched some of uh, the old 80s Thundercats show. Yes. And it's just as stupid as you think it is. And oh, good. In the, in, in the fun way, because, you know, it's it's from the 80s, so there's a lot of just dumb stuff that happens, like, there's the robo burbles. <laughs> Don't ask. Don't ask. Thunder, what thunder, thunder. Thundercats. Okay, very important question. This determines your entire personality. Uh, favorite Thundercats character? Uh, it has to be Panthro. Because in one episode, Panthro, they're fighting the mutants. And the mutants like, I'll fight you, Bearhead. And Panthro's like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Like throws out, throw down some soundtracks. Like I'm, I've been waiting for this. I like, also enjoyed Panthero. <laughs> Panthero as the older member of the Thundercats, being ready to throw the fuck down. Like, how, what's not the love? Yeah. But the big thing is, uh, Octopath Traveler Two came out, and I've been playing it. Did play a lot last night because mistakes were made. Sardo, you were there for some of that mistake. I but... I was there for I think a, g- a good chunk of those mistakes. Well, it wasn't mistakes. The mistake part was keep going, but in, hey, you're gonna be there Sunday for something completely different. Hell yeah, I am. Hell yeah, but yeah, no, it's been fun so far. I'm accruing party members. I've uh, currently getting Oswald, the uh, imprisoned scholar who's out for revenge. And Very that, cool. Who doesn't like an older gentleman with lots of hair being angrily wanting to get revenge? It's my favorite thing. Yeah, if, if anything, that I've just sold the game for you. <laughs> now I have to play it. <laughs> yeah. How would you say it ranks compared to the first Octopath? Well, I, I'm not that deep into it yet. So I, I'm, I'm going to, this is just like first like nine-ish hours in. And do not mm-hmm. take my playtimes super seriously. Sometimes the game is just left on while I go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> or stand up for a bit. But I would say so far it's been pretty good. Uh, there's a lot more character interaction, even though I haven't gotten to, like, the crossover parts yet with it. 
because characters like now like ah that, that's really good there agnia you did good job <laughs> uh, i i keep making fun of portuccio and his very cowboy accent <laughs> You should make fun of it. It's hilarious. I love him. I know. He's great. It's like, I'm going to beat the devil known as poverty with my money that I'm about to make. And he's my, a silly man. This is a very silly man. But it, it's what, what, what I like about it so far is that I'm a lot more inter invested in everyone's story. Because the biggest problem with Octopath 1 was because it was that uh not everyone's story was really good mm. like some of them were like this character better be able to carry this story like alfin's was just not interesting it was uh, like hi i'm this country bumpkin apothecary and i'm gonna heal people all across the land and that's kind of it <laughs> i go places and things happen <laughs> So we, we like the second country bumpkin in this new one much more, right? Well, uh, it depends who's the country bumpkin, because you got kind of two options here. You either go with Portuccio, who's howdy, or you go with Ochette, who's a hunter who has to capture three magical animals so the island she lives on doesn't get destroyed. <laughs> I was going with the first one, but yeah, that's that's good, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure which one counts as the country bumpkin, but they kind of both do, and they... uh. Well, Partuccio wants to defeat the devil known as Poverty, so I can't really say he's wrong there. Yeah, he's got a point. Yeah, he's got a point. He ain't wrong. It sounds good so far. I, I did get to see a little bit of you stream it. And yeah, I, I streamed I, the demo a while back, for those wondering. I, I was quite impressed with it. No, I think I think it's very, it, you know, it's very fun. I think they've definitely done some things to make the game play a a lot more smoother, I guess is the right word to put it. Like mm -hmm. one of the problems with like the apothecary class was that like, you didn't know what shit did because it wouldn't tell you, but now it does. So it's like, Oh yeah, you mix these two things together. You'll get health and this. <laughs> it, it's, it's helpful now. It's like, Oh, I now I know what I'm doing. Oh, that does helping. sound a lot better. Yeah, it's 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 been fun so far, and uh, if you want a nice, good JRPG of the classic sets, go play it. I'm always down for a good JRPG. Hell yeah. It's, it's the backbone of my streaming. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. That's that's not a joke. That, it's that's, good stuff. Hell yeah. We're going to be playing a slightly different one on Sunday, where we play... Sakura Wars 2019 or Shin Sakura Tyson because they really didn't come up with a better title for it. <laughs> Bro, I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready because uh, you you being there Thursday was just sort of a maybe ended up happening. This was planned and this one, if it go long, it's because we're having too much fun. I can actually stay up past my bedtime this time, so it's going to be great. <laughs> and don't worry, well, we might not go that long. Who knows? We might. I don't know. Well, we we'll have the see. option to. We'll see how long we play. We might keep going because we're having a good time. That's what yeah. that's what happened to us Tuesday. <laughs> we were like, da, 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 da. and then it, then we were like, oh wow, it's what I am. Whoops. <laughs> we we were actually dancing all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of sort of were. I I will say that Persona Four dancing all night does do one thing correctly. The characters are, in fact, dancing all night. 
They sure are. And they were. Like, in story, they were dancing, in fact, for, like, two nights. And, like, and a day. Also, like, um... They meant it. Check those streams if you want to hear me being exceptionally mean. <laughs> to, uh... To, I mean, to one character in particular, yeah. but... Uh, to, to a new character that showed up once. And I don't think it was, if you were there, it would have gotten any better. <laughs> I, I don't... I, I don't know why I chose violence that day, but I did. I don't know either, but it was funny, though. But anyway, folks, I think that I will call this an episode now. I, I'd say so, I, yeah. I Stross. wasn't just filling up for time because we may have had a few minutes there where technical difficulties happened. Nah, what technical difficulties? Now you won't notice it because I will edit around it. Anyway, like it uh, I am Almighty Stross. You can find me on Twitter dot com while it's still existent at almighty and strauss follow strauss and i am sardo you can find me on the twitters on at autopsy garlands um and also on twitch maybe hopefully soon again at um at uncle death with a k instead of a c yeah i really yeah. hope so too i'm also almighty strauss on twitter and twitch i i keep surprisingly consistent with my branding Odd. But thank you, everyone. This has been the Skeleton Crew Podcast telling you I forgot to put our socials in the last episode description. Oops. <laughs> That's my mistake. But have a good evening. Or a good day. Good night, everybody. And if, it, if you're right now at, like, midnight, where technically that's morning and night, I understand the pain and misery. <laughs> have, strong. Have a good time, folks. Bye-bye. <laughs>